Hello, warriors and battle buddies. This is Chris, and you are listening to A Battle Within with Terry and Drew. Keep moving forward. Here we go with episode number 111. Terry, the inspiration for the program, will jump in shortly. In this episode, we explore a very common theme for those healing from a traumatic brain injury and their loved ones. Success, and what does that look like now? Terry and I review a bit of her journey in defining what this means to her, and we explore the facts that the teaching career that she had may have helped her from time to time, that choosing your attitude is instrumental as part of the process, and how life just changes anyway, so try to embrace it. At times throughout the conversation, Terry gets emotional because this is not an easy mountain to climb. But hey, we try to be real around here. And do we try our best to do so when we're telling the stories. Folks, please don't forget, please support the show by giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you're so inclined and getting value out of the program, please visit buymeacoffee.com backslash a battle within. We could use the help to bring the platform to the next level. Okay, warriors and battle buddies, here we go with Terry. A Battle Within is about Terry and Drew's life experiences and those of their guests living with and healing from traumatic brain injuries with an emphasis on post-concussion syndrome. The conversations are real, raw, and uncensored from both the warrior and caregiver perspectives. From time to time, medical professionals are offered as well. This platform is intended to be a useful way to create awareness around the invisible injury and to help those in the battle. Whether you are the warrior or the battle buddy, the stories and resources offered here take aim at helping you in your own journey. Join us each week for meaningful conversations that truly do matter for those affected. Let's battle together. Hello, Terry Neiman, once again. Hi, Drew Neiman, once again. <laughs> so we're back at it. We've had a couple of episodes here with some folks that kind of led me a little bit with Dr. Kevin and, and then with Justin that I wanted to talk about something that kind of rang a bell for me that I wanted to explore a little bit with you, right? Yeah. And the topic is really about redefining one's life after the TBI. Okay. And- in many cases, obviously, for the individual that sustained the injury, their lives change, and they need to look at things quite differently. But it also affects the battle buddies and the and the family members and the people that are close to the injured person as well, right? Yeah. So I want to kind of drill down a little bit and talk about what it's like to actually redefine success, what it looks like afterwards, and if it's even possible. As we get into the conversation. I'm looking to get from you, you know, your perspectives and lived experiences. And I understand you can only speak for yourself, right? You're not mm-hmm. speaking for the whole world. People are different. Every injury is different, right? Right. But maybe through the conversation, we can uh, bring some ideas to the table that might help some folks out there. You okay with this? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> you always, you ask similar questions. And I always think, what if I said no? Well, so then say no. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't. I, I mean, I'm here sitting across from you, so it's a yes. All right. Well, okay. That's fine. But I didn't know if it's something that you do, you don't want to talk to, you have the ability to say no. And then what would you do? Then we would just ditch it and start over <laughs> with a different topic. No, I'm good with the topic. Go ahead. 
obviously one's life could really become a serious chore right after experiencing any kind of trauma, not just a traumatic brain injury, right? And TBI is no exception in the fact that it leaves a lasting mark. Mm -hmm. Aside from the medical issues, emotionally it can wreak havoc on so many areas of your life as you try to heal as well. Yes? Yes. Then again, isn't everybody constantly changing their lives in the first place for the most part? Well, they should be, or then life could be pretty boring. <laughs> yes. The struggle with, with the trauma, though, is that it's it wasn't up to you, right? The pain and suffering. Yeah, absolutely. It's not up to you at all. Do you believe it's up to the individual in the way they see the words re- redefine and success? And how they go about things, do you believe is a choice? The how they see success? And how they redefine. Well, yeah. And that would include even in the beginning, because you have to learn to take those really tiny little steps towards improving as success. And that's hard to do, especially if you're used to larger gains or pushing through, like many athletes Mm -hmm. pushing through and... And that served you where with a TBI or brain injury, that'll knock your ass down and back pretty hard and let you know that who's really in control is that brain. Right. Now, you've gone through this, so I'm curious to know how you redefined success or have you, and was it steps that you took to get there? I think more steps based, like I keep evolving with it. So in the beginning, I was that person who was very physically active, used to pushing through whenever I had pain or something was going on, I pushed through and I would get through it. I attempted to be that type A personality and push through and got smacked around a lot by my brain, like pretty badly. Yeah, and basically saying you can't do this. Yeah, so... I was defeated quite a lot and didn't see success because of that, because I had a different definition, so to speak, of success. Once I realized that, hey, this is not a linear line, I am not in control, I need to respect when my brain is shutting down or prior to my brain shutting down, preferably, I need to do something about it and start listening here. And then take those little gains that I'm hearing from each and every single therapist and doctor that I spoke with about how, well, you wouldn't be able to do this, but now you can do that, that, and they were small. And then I had the good fortune of having special education students where I had always taught that to them, those little gains and that they might not see the linear line, but that they were growing that they were individuals and that they had their own timetable. And that served me because I started thinking somewhat like my special education students. Now I have to look at it like differently that I'm physically different. Yeah. I mean, to me it was steps too, because like success for you in the redefining of it, initially was to not be in pain 24 hours a day, right? Yeah, like literally everything changed for me because I was fit. And then when you're in chronic severe pain, you quickly decide that 
pushing through is not something you could do. Or, you know, maybe some people are stronger than me and do that, but I just couldn't. And lost a lot of fitness. Then I, I got on myself for it. And Unfairly. Very. And very much thought, well, I wasn't in a good relationship with my own self, if mm. that makes sense. Very much I thought, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Like, why can't I? Why can't I? And that did not serve me. I really had to look at that and say, how would I am being so unreasonable to myself? I'm not even being fair to myself. Well, flip that switch because that's not the case anymore. A lot of self-talk was the beginning where I had to really struggle with, with adding in, like, that's okay. You're doing well. You're trying. It, some days are going to be good. This is a bad day. The, you know, like really a lot of self-talk beginning to embrace what my doctors and therapists were saying and to respect my own needs to say, but this is how it is and that's okay. Like I have to be all right with that. So that was the beginning of the change in how I looked at success because I began to accept those little gains, the the little differences that I was seeing, what you were telling me too, Drew, and, and other family members or friends, I began to say, well, if they can see it, why can't I? Why? Yeah, sometimes that's the hardest to see it in yourself, right? Yeah, like, why am I most difficult critic of myself? I just did, I just started saying, you're just going to do what you can do. And that's where you're going to measure your success. You're going to start, and you're going to listen to, like when Dr. Rochos was saying about the 10% increases when you try something, do what you can, where you're at, and then and once you're good at that, try at just 10% increase. So when I started really applying that, I could see I could see the gains real slow. I mean, it's still slow. And that can drive me still crazy, to be perfectly honest with everyone. But I still battle with looking at that as a success, but I'm much better at it. Right. You actually see success differently now. Yeah, except the small gains and that uh, over the course of time, if I look back, that it wouldn't have been able to do that, can do that now. Like, for instance, we went into the woods with the dogs looking at a lot, potential lot that we want. And it was terrain I haven't traveled on since the accident mm -hmm. because it taxes my vision and my vestibular. And then soon my brain symptoms kick in. But I brought my walking stick and I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. And I, I almost fell six times or more, but I did do it. Yes, you did. And, uh, and you weren't suffering because of it. Yeah. Today. I still, I, I mean, I feel like it was an achievement and I do see the success in it, but you know, I'm going to be honest with you, Drew. I still looked back and said, well, the old me would have climbed a freaking mountain and back. And that would have been like, look at that. I, I had to do, it was flat. And I nearly fell six times and like children would just run through this and back. I can't. Yes. And I still gave myself a hard time. Yeah, you shouldn't have done that. It is growth that you're talking about. Yeah. And, you, and I did hear you when you were saying that. I had to look at that. Like, yeah, it is success. It's just, it is difficult. So you redefine it differently now, but you find it to be difficult because you're going through the battle within with this too. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. I wrote down a few things that I saw and strategies that you used over the course of these last few years that I thought were worth exploring and talking about. Yeah. And you tell me if there's truth in it or not. Okay. Okay. And if this is uh, approaches or things that you did. You talked a little bit about how you had to talk to yourself a little kinder. It's really tough, yet advantageous, not to compare yourself to others. How did you do there? So freaking hard because, you know, the saying that comparison is the thief of all joy is so freaking true because, you know, I would look at like what I used to be able to do with that person or those kindness of people, and then I would feel bad that I wasn't. And it's like, what am I doing? I got to stop doing that. I just need to look at like compare myself to me. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself doing better with that now? Yeah, but it's still hard. I can still go down that. If you let yourself go. Yeah, I'm definitely an imperfect person. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's perfect, Terry. You work hard now, maybe not necessarily at the beginning, but I think you do now, that you work hard at focusing honestly on what you can do instead of what you can't. But you still take the risks to find out where your limits are. Do you think that that's true? I think I'm much better with that. I've been designing some, used to be a certified personal trainer. So I've been designing some circuit training exercises in my personal gym. And everything is low impact, protect my balance. You know, now I'm getting up a cervical care. So protecting my after treatments, like raising anything over my head, or, you know, just making it very individualized and modified for my needs. Where you're at. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you've gotten better at doing this in recent times? I think just the fact of starting it is better. Mm-hmm. But it's too soon to say that's that's actually grown. It's taken you a while to get to this point that you're at now, and you still have some serious work to do there. Yeah, because of balance, vision issues, and chronic pain. Are you afraid to ask for help? Yes and no. I don't even think afraid is the right word. It's more like pride and stubbornness. Burden? Does that ever come up in your head? Sometimes, yes. But I think really more stubborn. Like, I'll give you a for instance. I was told that I still needed to wear my prism lenses just the other day. By a neurooptometrist, Dr. Collins, who was on the show. And what did I say to you? I don't want to wear them anymore. I think she's wrong. Yes. I don't want to wear them. So what did I do? I put on my old glasses because I'm stubborn and I don't want to hear it. I want to believe I can do what I want to do. And I put them on and she had said at the appointment, it's too soon and I don't want to see you. You're doing well. I don't want to see you go back in blurry double vision or, you know, the wavy vision, all that stuff that I was dealing with. Did I listen? What happened? I put them on and I think within a few hours, I was seeing blurry, dizzy, had the throbbing headache pain, all sorts of stuff. And then I just looked at you, took them off with tears in my eyes and put the prisms back on. (laughs) I was so mad. I really was. Long story short here, the theme is that it's four and a half years and you're still trying to find yourself, so to speak, and you're still continuing to work to redefine your success. Yeah, it's so freaking tricky because, you know, you think you got you got it, you got a handle on it, and you're doing well, and you're cruising, and you're feeling better, like, like my eyes, and you're like, no, they must be wrong. But then the brain just smacks you down and just shows you like, no, 
No, it's just so, sometimes it's so deflating. Yeah, but other times it's good though too in the sense that you've redefined success because uh, unfortunately you can't work anymore, but you made some friends that grown, grew out of that that wouldn't have happened if you ha- if you were continuing to work. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying there was no good that didn't come yeah. out of it, Drew. I get that and I look at that and I'm grateful for all that. Did come in the good ways. Like I get to spend a little bit more time with Zoe. I wouldn't have been able to. Well, be fair there for my family had I had been working. I don't know, just things like that. Be there for my dogs, you know, and that's a cool thing. I love being with my dogs. So there's not like good things didn't come out of it. I just wish it was me prior to the accident that was doing that, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. If I'm hearing you, you're still working pretty diligently and trying to find out the pockets as as to what success means to you. Oh, I feel like I was so much still in the throes. Whereas a few weeks ago, I didn't feel that. I literally said to you, I think I'm, uh, it's completely over. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I was real hopeful because I was going, you guys know, I know all of you listeners know, ebbs and flows of this. Right. <laughs> it just tricks you. And you're like, I was in a good time. I was like, this is great. This is it. It's really it. It's really it. And then bam. Yes. That's really hard, Drew. Mm-hmm. But the setbacks are not lasting as long. So I know. I, you I you always that. remind me yep. of that. And that's good that you do that because I do need that. Ironically, like I was talking about before, and we heard the other folks that you know kind of influenced uh, having this discussion, was talking about how the reality is that the battle buddies and the family members have to redefine things a little bit too when this kind of stuff happens. They are affected. Of course. You know? Yeah. Priorities need to be, you know, reevaluated and the way success has changed there too. I know for myself, I kind of went through my own whirlwind of emotions, right? Uncertainty and grief myself, right? Especially early on. Yeah. The ambiguity of the situation. Right change me and i'm sure for many other people it changes the whole circle right the whole family circle and friends and stuff like that and the stresses for the battle buddies and the family members are unique and they're different than they are for the person with the tbi yeah research has found that caregivers may experience greater wait before you go into that yes research of general people you said it changed you how did it change you well, it changed me because I had to reshift my priorities too. What success is, you know, where we were just kind of moseying along and we were in a groove of life. And then all of a sudden the brakes, you know, they came down hard and we had to reevaluate things and routines had to change. And, you know, at first I was not having success carrying the whole load because I was overwhelmed in it because you couldn't do anything that, you know, you used to do, right? right. Whether it was laundry, cooking, cleaning the house or whatever. And I had figured that out. And I was always overwhelmed because not only that was going on, but you were in a bad way. Right. A really bad way. So I'm worrying about that piece too and not letting things slip professionally. So it was, you know, it was a real trying time for me too, which I'm sure it is for many other people out there. Right. Does that answer it for you? Yeah. Okay. So the research has found that caregivers experience greater distress than the, the TBI survivor. And symptoms of anxiety and depression can impact caregivers for many years after the injury. Uh, it's like a sense of loss for them, too. Yes, exactly. So you, too, as the battle buddy with family members, you have to kind of sit back and reevaluate things and try to redefine your own success as well. Yeah. So some of the things that I did that might be useful to some other battle buddies is 
First, it was I was acutely aware of my emotions and that they were having an impact on me. I had to be honest with myself with that and be a realist to an extent. I tried to be intentional in addressing, in addressing it at times. I failed and I needed to recalibrate. For people that sit in my chair too, like you were two weeks ago and you're like, I'm over it. <laughs> Deep down inside, we're going, I hope it's the case, but we know that it's probably not, but we still have the hope. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you were you were there with me? Yes. And crashing with me? <laughs> yes. A lot of us do that. We have the ebbs and flows too. It's like the dads who go through the pregnancy. Yes. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yes. But this last time around, I felt uh, somewhat better versed in it because we would take care of Holly. I've been through it a couple of times with you. I did some of the exact same things that you were doing. I tried to set manageable goals. They didn't always work out. I had to learn how to ask for help. Felt like I could have been a burden too, you know, because I couldn't do everything. So the other people had to jump in and help me help you, you know, get you to the doctor or things like that. Yeah. That wasn't an easy thing for me to do. But I had to show myself some uh, grace, as we like to say. I learned as much as I could. I continue to learn as much as I can. Yeah, I see, th- I see that all the time. Yeah, this program is part of that for me. So Part of your healing. Yes, and understanding. Yeah. I learn a tremendous amount by doing this, whether it's talking to you independently or the guests that we have on. Right. Right. So it's a little bit, I guess you could say, selfish. And then <laughs> your jujitsu and your cycling is really important, right? Oh, yes. Absolutely. I had to find ways to recharge. Like to listen to podcasts, the jujitsu, the cycling. Without that, I don't, I don't know what I would be. Projects around the house. Yeah. You know, I'd be getting myself in trouble. <laughs> and we still do a lot of. We find other ways that mm-hmm. to connect and laugh and spend time together that we can both do. Right. We've been really enjoying Hunt a Killer, mm-hmm. which is a murder mystery subscription box. If you don't know it, check it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's times where my head's just not working, and I'm like, "There's no way I'm solving anything today." And we just don't do it that night. Yeah, we put it away for the time being, and that's yeah. it. You know, where Friday nights, it used to be us going cycling, right? We can't do that anymore, so we find something different to do. Yeah. That's all. And so I also had to really, I, I found myself, I think I've always been a patient person in life, but I actually had it to develop even more this last time around, especially. I think it's a developed skill, just generally speaking, patience. I have a question. Do you think going to the appointments and hearing what the specialist and therapist said helped you to understand too? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then some of it was I felt when I got the information or you got the information, two things, especially early on, you weren't capable of retaining everything that the doctors were telling you. Right. Because in the pain and the memory was was not, it was in a bad way at that particular juncture. Right. But also I felt like the doctors, they didn't know you really as well as I did. So when they were saying things, I was able to interpret it, incorporate it into our lives or maybe call BS on something or say, well, that's a good idea. Let's try that. You know, so there's a little of that that was happening too. And I try to sometimes delicately message those things to you. (laughs) Sometimes you didn't want to hear them. Kind of like with the glasses with Dr. Collins. I tried to delicately message it to you, but you didn't want to hear it. <laughs> what did you say? That was delicate. Like, Terry, you know, 
I, maybe you should wear the, keep wearing the glasses, you know? No, no. I, I am think a I need it. really stubborn guy. Yeah, yes. If I make up my mind about something, it is made. Terry, I don't want to, Terry, I don't want to see you go backwards. No, Drew, I don't think I need him. And then it gets I have to, to learn the hard way. Yeah. By falling on my face. <laughs> it's classic Terry. I also understood that you were different and you were going to be different coming out of the backside of it. Um, everything kind of pointed to that was certainly going to be the case. I tried to remain as positive as I could be in that and sit there and say, okay, well, I know she's going to be different. There's going to be some cool things that come out of this on the back end. Yeah. One of the things that I have loved that's come out of it is your willingness to tell the truth now, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> that, that filter The lift. filter is gone. <laughs> Sometimes you could be a little... Softer around the edges, I will say, but I love the fact that you are, you're not so much the people pleaser type of thing going on, like you once. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was a definite personality shift there. So you know, that's just an example of that, and uh, you know, you get past the acute stage, everybody does, and then you start seeing life differently. So I knew that that was sort of a season, and the thing that I saw in the redefining is that. It also helped me redefine what success looked like in terms of measuring what I had as opposed to what I didn't have. It helped me with that. Yeah, that's really important point, Drew. And I do that too. I always have to look at that things could be worse. You know, they always could be worse. And look what I still have. Like I, I still have the ability to walk. I don't have balance, but I have the Ability to walk. You know, I have always have to look at what wasn't taken. Mm-hmm. You know, we still remain. Right. You know, there's just things, and everyone's life is different in what that looks like. So I think that's important for the caregivers or support people and the warriors to look at. That goes back to the hope. You know, it's gratitude. Yep. And grace. Yeah. Have to show that for one another as well, as much as best as you can. So, long story short, Terry, what other comments you got around redefining success? That really importantly, that if success looks different, that doesn't mean it's not success. If you define it as failure instead of learning, you won't get the lesson. Mm, that's a good point. There's always a lesson in something, and I feel that really strongly. Just feel that there is, and there's reason, necessarily a reason, but there's a purpose for me to have gone through this. And I think sometimes my friends will point it out. They'll say, look what you brought and how you changed so many people's lives through, I was feeling lonely, mm-hmm. and I created a meetup for other people that were maybe feeling the same way. And that mattered. And I wouldn't have been available to anybody like that. I wouldn't have been available to Kyle when he was going through what he was going through, my son and his my granddaughter, mm-hmm. if my trajectory path I was on didn't change so radically, mm-hmm. that wouldn't have happened. I learned to look at that and say, yeah, look what the purpose is. Look at what I've learned and look how, why you were put on this path. Yep. Look at those things instead of looking at, we've talked about this before, Drew. We talked, I've talked about like, Look at the flowers, not the weeds, because if you look for the weeds, they're everywhere, and you're going to see them. But mm-hmm. you could, the flowers are there, too. And there's 
that's what you need to look at. And then it's similar to the wolves, the two wolves. Like, which one are you feeding, right? We talked about that. Yep. It's similar to all of that. And it's not like it'll be perfect thoughts all the time where you're perfect all the time saying, I am always grateful. I am never sad. I am always see my success. No, I don't know if you're anything like me. There's going to be times where that's not going to be the case. And that's okay, too. It's a fair point. Absolutely fair point. Now, as we get ready to wrap up here, for both the warrior and the battle buddy, there's so many aspects of the brain injury that are just simply not in your control, right? Right. However, your attitude is and your approach to life is still very much in your Good control. Point. You too, lady over there sitting across from the table from me. <laughs> I do a really good job of that yeah. most of the time. Yes, most of the time. I'm going to close it down with a quote from famous architect, Frank Lloyd Wright. Believing that your life can be better may not necessarily make it so, but is definitely the first step. Mm, good quote. All right, Terry. Mm-hmm. Let's end it on that. Say goodbye to the good folks out there. Goodbye, good folks out there. All right, take care, folks. Thanks for listening in. Hopefully you got a few nuggets out of the conversation today. Notes and resources for this episode are available at battlewithin.com backslash 111. Go check it out. Connect with us at battlewithin.com and on Facebook and Instagram at battlewithin. If you would like to be featured on the podcast or know someone that you think should be, please reach out to us in the same places I mentioned a second ago. You can also leave a voice message on our recorder on the homepage of the website if that's your preference. Got any ideas for episode topics? Reach out with those ideas as well. If you like what you're hearing and want to support the program, the best way to do that is to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcast, even if you don't use it to listen as your platform. It helps us to get into more ears. Links to do so are in the episode notes. Be sure to check out our Battle Within swag shop on the website at battlewithin.com backslash swag. Until next time, for those healing, show yourself some grace. For those who know someone healing, show them the same and give them a great deal of love. Keep battling, folks. Bye-bye.